Good morning, and welcome to The Breadline, a daily newsletter and podcast covering the biggest stories that matter to progressives and leftists alike. Make sure to check out the companion newsletter on Substack, subscribe to our podcasts wherever you get podcasts, and to send this around to your friends and family. Let's get started. Norma McCorvey, who is the anonymous Jane Roe in Roe vs. Wade, says the whole thing was a sham. According to a documentary that was filmed in the months before her death back in 2017, she claimed she only did it because she was paid by anti-abortion groups. There's plenty of drama when it comes to progressives who are running for Congress. From some Warren endorsements to establishment backings, we've got the details on some of the races that may interest you the most. Far-right extremists have been energized by COVID-19 lockdowns, and for the first time since Charlottesville, that it feels significant. It's important to recognize these things for what they are. Oh, and by the way, did you hear Joe Biden came up with a snappy name to combat Trump? President Tweety. Yeah, we're all screwed. Let's get into it. Our first story for today, the woman behind Roe vs. Wade, didn't actually change her mind. Norma McCorvey is likely a name you haven't heard before, but you've probably heard of her by another name, Jane Roe. According to her own testimony for the FX documentary, aka Jane Roe, McCorvey was never anti-abortion. She was simply paid to pretend that she was. McCorvey was the anonymous plaintiff in the landmark 1973 Supreme Court ruling that individual states could not constitutionally ban abortion. However, later in her life, McCorvey became involved in the pro-life movement, saying that she had been a pawn for abortion activists. She spent from 1995 to as late as 2013 visibly advocating for the pro-life movement. The documentary features a visibly ailing McCorvey, end quote, expressing her support for abortion rights pretty clearly, saying that if a young woman wants to have an abortion, that's no skin off my ass. That's why they call it a choice. Why the multiple changes of heart? In her quote-unquote deathbed confession, she reveals she never really did. She was just paid by anti-abortion groups, including Operation Rescue. In truth, McCorvey was an actress, not an advocate. In an election year with concerns about reproductive rights on the table, this matters. The documentary even depicts McCorvey expressing support for Hillary Clinton in 2016, saying, I wish I knew how many abortions Donald Trump was responsible for. I'm sure he's lost count, if he can count that high. End quote. It seems that McCorvey's confession and its release are timely as well. The Supreme Court is considering a high-profile abortion case that could undermine Roe v. Wade. Several states have already put quote-unquote heartbeat laws in place, which basically ban the procedure. Catch aka Jane Roe on FX this Friday for a more in-depth dive into McCorvey's life. Bottom line, it's as shocking as it is cynical, which somehow makes it not at all shocking in the end. Anti-abortion advocates will leap through whatever hoops they have to to limit a woman's right to choose. Next up, we've got a brief update on some of the most important congressional runs this year. Endorsements. They can make or break a campaign. When a challenger is going up against an incumbent, who endorses who and who stays silent can not only end up influencing a race, but it can also tell you quite a bit about people in positions of power. Today, we want to look at three races and three endorsements and take a quick glance at the facts. Ed Markey. Incumbent Senator Ed Markey is up against Representative Joseph Kennedy III this year. Kennedy is, well, a Kennedy, and while his heritage may draw him attention, he just doesn't have the record that Markey does. Markey co-sponsored the Green New Deal with AOC and is an ardent progressive who has been endorsed by just about every big-name progressive you can think of. Kennedy is running on political dynasty name recognition. 
Kennedy did pick up some help recently in that House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer is holding a virtual fundraiser for him. Hoyer has received millions from oil and gas packs during his career, so given that, it feels like a bit of a slap in the face to Markey's environmentally concerned campaign. Hoyer also has a history of working against those who challenge incumbents, but that's obviously not the case here. Charles Booker is managing to pick up some steam over his primary opponent, Amy McGrath. Amy McGrath was handpicked by Chuck Schumer to run against Mitch McConnell. McGrath's resume as a veteran and advocate is strong, and at face value it feels like it'd suit Kentucky well. She's a moderate Democrat and has even called herself a fiscal conservative. She may be more of a Joe Manchin Democrat than anything, but at least she wouldn't be Mitch McConnell. In a surprising turn of events, though, McGrath's primary opponent is picking up some steam. 18 of the 38 Democrats in Kentucky's House of Representatives, including the Dem leader, the Dem caucus chair, and the Dem whip, endorsed Charles Booker in the primary. Booker is much further left-leaning than McGrath and supports a Green New Deal, Medicare for All, and universal basic income, among other forward-thinking policies. Getting rid of McConnell is good no matter what, but Booker would be a much more exciting option if you ask us. Lindsey Boylan is running for Congress in New York against Jerry Nadler, who is one of the most prominent and powerful Democrats in Congress. As far as establishment Democrats with decades-long careers in politics go, Nadler's record isn't bad, per se. However, there's no denying that Boylan is more of an outspoken progressive who pushes for a Green New Deal, healthcare as a human right, and addressing income inequality. With that in mind, it may come as a shock that Elizabeth Warren came out with an endorsement for Nadler. In terms of policy, Boylan seems like the kind of candidate who would be right in Warren's camp. Defenders of this decision may point to the fact that Nadler has been effective as a leader in getting legislation passed and also combating the Trump administration. Critics will point to Boylan's progressive stances on the issues. Shahid Buttar is a Stanford Law graduate who has a long history of grassroots organizing and supporting democratic socialism. He's also primarying Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House and a top Democrat who has a ton of money and name recognition at her fingertips. However, don't let that keep you from paying attention to Buttar's campaign. Buttar recently picked up an endorsement from the shockingly cool Marianne Williamson. Williamson gained a lot of attention for being a surprisingly progressive contender for the Democratic nomination, and she eventually endorsed Bernie Sanders after suspending her campaign. Whether Buttar has a chance in hell at taking Pelosi down or not, he's likely to draw some attention to some of Pelosi's flaws and positions. Bottom line, here's your regular reminder to look into campaigns and offer up support where you can. See who's running near you. Volunteer to phone bank. Throw a few bucks towards a candidate you think has a chance in hell at winning. And our last story for today. Far-right extremists are seizing on coronavirus to spread hate. Conspiracy theories and racism go hand in hand, and nothing has made the conspiracy theory world pop off quite like coronavirus. Let's see how this is playing out stateside and elsewhere. You may have seen some online conspiracies circulating about Bill Gates and his supposed involvement in creating the coronavirus. This isn't just some ridiculous story that was forged out of misinformation. It's based on centuries-old anti-Semitic tropes about global elites controlling everything. We like blaming rich people for problems, but it's not enough for the far right who turn rich people in control of an immense capital into Jewish cabal that targets white people. Remember the Michigan protesters where all those try-hard dudes showed up with guns? You may even remember that a few of them were sporting Hawaiian shirts that seemed to heavily contrast with the otherwise typical I have an entire room for my guns camo look. That's a reference to the Big Luau, or the Boogaloo, which celebrates the idea of an armed insurrection against the American government and a race war. 
Of course, this is how the pipeline is intended to work. You watch that wacky pandemic video or the huge QAnon conspiracy video on YouTube and start to think, maybe there really is more to this. When you start to lose faith in institutions, you seek out new sources of knowledge to fill in the gaps. Some of these people legitimately are just totally nuts and believe in far-out ideas, but others use it as a basis for indoctrinating people into far-right views, including blaming minorities or liberals or the global elites. Bottom line, don't spread misinformation, don't lose all faith in institutions and turn to dodgy sources, and be on the lookout for your loved ones. Not to scaremonger here, but kids end up going down an algorithmic path on sites like YouTube and before you know it, they've started to believe in some awful reactionary crap. Likewise, your parents may end up doing the same thing on Facebook, where misinformation spreads like fire and the more dangerous aspects of ideology get amplified. Talk to folks before they're too gone. And we've done it. We're at the end of the line. That's what we've got. So remember, we're only able to do this every day because of listeners like you. Drop your friends, family, or anyone else's email who you just happen to have a referral link and help us grow. We'd truly appreciate it.